Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $25, get $50 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big, and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Green Light Podcast. Monday Night Football, Tom Brady, another comeback. He just can't let Andy Dalton have one. Andy Dalton now 6-21 in primetime games. Chris and Bo break that game down, talk about the big plays, what allowed the Bucks to come back in the final minutes. And we get a cameo from Carl Nassib himself, the Bucks hero, pops on the end of the podcast. He talks about the feeling on the sideline right at the end of the game, Rashad White being the hero, and the big plays that he made. We've got Ryan Rosillo later this afternoon, so tap back in for Ryan, Chris, and Kyle. And then we've got Amazon Amp tomorrow afternoon at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Happy Tuesday, everybody. We're going to talk about the Bucks and the Saints. One of my favorite rivalries. Can be a really profitable rivalry if you just bet the Saints every time. Uh, I think they're five and two. Cowboy Reed five That's and right. two against the spread. Under uh, Tom Brady as a quarterback of the Bucks. Yeah. yeah, they 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 kind of own this guy. Even in a win, it felt like the Saints owned them. We'll talk about that in a second. I got Bo with me. Uh, first off, though, uh, and Bo, maybe you can weigh in on this, but we've got. Um, Ryan Rosillo coming on the pod later today to to go out Wednesday. Uh, he'll be joining Kyle and myself. We'll be doing a, a bunch of mailbag, but I wanted to to give you a little preview. Uh, skip the line a little bit here uh, because I saw one mailbag question last night that absolutely drove me fucking nuts. Bo, you know about my cold shower habit? No, I don't. Tell me a little more about it, Chris. So if love you, to hear about your showering so habits. I would suggest, I would highly suggest, <laughs> I know you do, um, after you take your hot shower to finish off with two minutes of cold. Cold is, now I don't know that Tampa's got cold water. Sometimes i got to wait to the winter to really get lukewarm the, a little bit down here right now. Yeah, so maybe know? it won't work for you, but for me it works just fine. It's like 35 degrees out here. Cold showers, uh, you can get great health benefits from cold showers. I mentioned this on the pod last week in some wise-ass John Paul Roche, who I really, I'm sure I like the guy. I mean, he's probably a, a loyal listener, so I don't want to. But he said he wants to hear the junk science behind cold showers. Sounds like he's mocking my cold showers. Well, let me let me expound, John Paul. 
Okay, it fights common illness, increases circulation, improves metabolism, and increases endorphins. Okay, Ooh. maybe that's not enough for you, John, but it's enough for me. And this from ScienceDirect.com, exposure to cold is known to activate the sympathetic nervous system. You have one of those, John, and increase the blood level of beta endorphin and non-adrenaline and to increase synaptic release of non-adrenaline in the brain as well. Additionally, due to the high density of cold receptors in the skin, a cold shower is expected to send an overwhelming amount of electrical impulses from peripheral nerve endings to the brain, which could result in an antidepressive effect, which is great when you're a depressed podcaster. Science, bitch. Not junk, not junk science, John. Class is in session. Okay. What does it do for your T levels, Chris? How are your T levels feeling? I think my T levels are high, Bo. Nice, dude. Your chin's looking defined. Thank T you. levels through the roof. Thanks. I had a cold Endorphins. shower. I had a cold got shower a lot of- this morning. Beta neurons firing. It's like uh, the Wim Hof method. Exactly. You know I mean? It's the Wim Hof method. It's like an offshoot of the Wim Hof method. Uh, Dennis Allen could use a cold shower this morning. We're going to talk about the Saints in a minute or two. But first, I'm going to Philly twice this week. Uh, I was going to say that's another good healthy habit. You're yeah. going to see uh, Cure Leaf on Wednesday, and you're going to take in uh, the Army-Navy game. Yeah, so if you can get some some mix some reefer in. To that cold shower routine, it's it's really great in the morning. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to Cure Leaf tomorrow uh, at 5 p.m. Uh, I'll be there meeting fans and talking about uh, marijuana. And that'll be in Bordentown, New Jersey, 5 to 6 p.m. You got a you know a reefer appearance on Wednesday, and then a bar appearance on Saturday. Maybe we'll hit the casino for an appearance on Sunday and just check all three boxes. Well, off, sandwiched you know? in the middle of it. Our, uh, our our nation's armed forces. So uh, we're, me and Bo are going to be going to the Army Navy game uh, this Saturday. It is a bucket list item. My buddy Jason Van Camp and his Warrior Rising Foundation. He's a Green Beret. I climbed Killy with him, former Army football player. Uh, I was there that year too, actually, Chris. Yes, so Van was, Camp's uh, the man. Yeah, he's a great guy, and he's got a great foundation. So that's a bucket list item for me, too. And I'm always happy to see you, Chris, whether it's virtually like we are right now or in person like Saturday, and just really looking forward to it. As am I, Bo. What color are you going to wear? Because, you know, you don't want to get caught in the middle. I'm not saying it's like Bloods and Crips, but you, you don't want to uh, be wearing green if you're rooting for Navy. You don't want a bunch of midshipmen to, to, to beat you up on a battleship. There's a there's a harbor, yeah, you know the the harbor right there with all the the battleships. I think it, I know. Yeah. Uh, what color are you wearing, Chris? That's that's a real. Let's plan some outfits. I don't want to accidentally match you and both show up in camo or something. I think know? I'm gonna wear brown. I think I'm gonna wear brown right in the middle. Probably le- I'm leaning army because uh, because of Jason Van Camp and because of a yeah. lot of my army friends. But uh, I don't want to piss the Navy midshipmen uh, off either. So uh, I'm gonna try to you know hit it down the middle. With a neutral, not a green, not a blue. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll follow suit there. I definitely don't want to wear navy colors if we're going to be around all those army guys. I think that's a recipe for disaster right there. A recipe for for disaster, indeed. Do not wear blue into the, the suite full of green berets, okay? Exactly. Okay. All right. The best moments in a sports fan's life are in football season. I'm not talking about September. I'm not talking about the first week in October. I'm not even talking about the second week in October. I'm talking about when it gets colder, the temperature drops, the games get bigger, the hits get harder, and you can curl up and watch some meaningful football. 
I like to do it with a Miller Lite from the fridge and a cold frosty mug from the freezer. Frosty mug, meat, a cold, beautiful can of Miller Lite from my fridge. That's teamwork. We come together, we can make a great play out there. And the, and the best play to make on a Sunday is a nice cold Miller Lite and a frosty mug at home. That's my favorite thing. Maybe a fire in the fireplace. Yeah, now we're talking. But Miller Lite, it's an original and it's more than that. It's been a fan favorite since 1975. The best part, no matter how your team plays, Miller Lite is always a winner. The perfect beer for Sundays, I gave you the, the hot tip. Having that frosty mug is a lot like having home field advantage. I mean, like, it just makes everything better for your boy and your boy's friends who file in every Sunday to enjoy cold, ice-cold Miller Lite uh, at, at, at my house. I mean, we have a lot of people over, and I got to have the Miller Lite stocked up. A lot of light beer cuts back on the most crucial ingredient, flavor. Just 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12-ounce serving. Miller Lite, quick on its feet, heavy hitting on flavor. No wonder it's been MVP from day one. This football season, enjoy the sweet taste of victory with Miller Lite, the original light beer. Find it pretty much anywhere beer is sold. Go to MillerLite.com greenlight for delivery options near you. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Roback Activewear. Best way to describe Roback is best fit, best feel. When it comes to quality, Roback just hits it out of the park every time. There's no better gift this holiday season than Roback. That is a promise. First, Roback's new performance hoodies are a total game changer. Maybe the softest, stretchiest hoodies in the game. From college athletes to professionals to Hall of Famers, my dad likes the, the, the hoodies as well. People can't take them off. And now, if you pair the hoodies with Roback's new performance joggers, you'll feel untouchable. Ultimate comfort and versatility. You'll never want to wear anything else again. Second, Roback's performance polos are the only polos we wear. Even if you're not a polo guy, these polos are perfect for a night out or a winter vacation to the warm weather. Their prints are fire. Trust us when we say the only polos we wear are Roback polos. That is true. Best part is some of the best football players in the country are rocking Roback. From Bengals captain Sam Hubbard to our boy Quentin Nelson and now college stars Will Anderson, Bijan Robinson, and Michael Mayer. Roback is taking over. So use the code GREENLIGHT on Roback.com for a generous 20% off your first order. That's spelled R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. That's 20% off your first order on all polos, Q-zips, hoodies, and joggers with code GREENLIGHT. The best gear for the holidays. Go check them out at Roback.com. So let's talk about this Bucks uh, Saints game, and you know this pod's going to be relatively short. We just we almost didn't do a pod today. Um, I was going to enjoy the break, but uh, Tom Brady decided to make it uh, make it difficult not to talk about this game. Uh, this was incredible. I mean, this was an incredible, incredible fourth quarter to watch. This game for fifty-seven minutes was uh, objectively, unless you had the Saints like me and you were waiting on a big teaser to hit where the Saints, a 16 teaser, the, the Saints catching 10, uh, the last leg of that thing. It's nice to start your week off with some house money. Also, Saints money line and the under parlayed. So, like, I was having a good time watching the game, but objectively not a great game for 57 minutes. It played out exactly how these games always play out, especially in Tampa, I feel like. 
Yeah, and I texted you, Chris. I just looked back. I texted you at 10.21 p.m. This game stinks. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like, you know, 16-3 to or whatever at that point in the fourth quarter, and we just felt like we were on track for another, you know, kind of a Monday night football dud, and then with three minutes left, it completely turned around. And I just want to say this. I want to say this about Tom Brady. I know that this team isn't very good, and I've said that all year, and I know that they're – they're probably going to make the playoffs, uh, and you know I should mention that, you know, e- even as bad as the NFC South is, I can remember uh, going to Seattle seven and eight, um, and and you know the 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 the, C- the Seahawks were seven and eight as well. This was back in like two thousand and ten, uh, and the winner of that game uh, would go to the playoffs. We lost to Charlie Whitehurst, um, and. Uh, if you're going to lose to a quarterback in a situation like that, at least at least have him have great hair. I, I ran into that guy a couple times after uh, pro football, and I was like, this is the coolest fucking guy ever. I'm not even mad he beat us in 2010. And another reason why I'm not that mad we lost in 2010, time heals all wounds, is that uh, Marshawn Lynch ran over the entire New Orleans uh, secondary, uh, and we gave birth to the beast quake moment. Because, uh, you know, like, I, I guess what I'm saying is, Teams that that win a, a piss poor division can win a playoff game. You know, I, yes, I'm not especially saying, if you have Tom Brady as your quarterback. You know, a guy that's been there once or twice. Exactly. I'm not saying that they can't win a playoff game. That they're totally irrelevant, but they're not a good football team. And you know, we've watched Tom Brady in relevant football games in December, and this one, this game's relevant. And and the NFC South, you know, allows us the opportunity to actually tune into these games and feel like they mean something, but. We've been watching Tom Brady for 20 years play relevant football. This feels much different, uh, but the reason it's interesting and, and arguably more interesting and impressive and fun to watch than him winning, uh, you know, his you know 25th uh, close December game in New England, where they have all the weapons and you, you expect them to win, and 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 he's playing great and things are smooth. This is more fun to me because you're watching a guy. Who, who who has no way out, right? Like, he can't quit. This year was immediately, like, in training camp, Bo, I took the under on the, the Tampa uh, win total because the entire offensive line was decimated, the interior of the offensive line. Um, and I, the quarterback just wasn't there for two weeks in camp, you know? Quarterback wasn't there for two weeks in camp. He's going through a divorce. You know, he loses a bunch of money on crypto. Um, it, it's just been, it's been a, a tough go for Tom Brady. But every yeah. Sunday, every Monday... You know, no Tristan Wirfs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the offense is sputtering. It looks bad for most of the game. A lot of first down runs just, you know, yeah. they, Brady I mean, no, was... Bra- no run game to help out Brady at all this year, you know. But the fun Things part for bad. me is watching the guy, the guy answer the bell and the guy battle. I, You know, I, the fun part for me is watching a guy perform when the chips are down. I've seen Tom Brady perform, um, you know, when he's got a big stack of chips. I like seeing people perform when the chips are down, and this is the greatest quarterback of all time, probably the greatest player that's ever graced our game, and he's playing on a bad team uh, in a bad division, and he's got to scrap it together to beat whether it's 16-3 deficit, um, you know, against the uh, against the, the 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 Saints, or whether it's that comeback win against the the uh, the Rams. I mean, these games are relatively meaningless compared to some of the other games we see on Sunday, but it's just seeing the GOAT go through this. You know, I know it's not what he would have wanted, but when he looks back on this, whether he plays 
another year or two or this is it. I think he'll be proud of the way that he performed, um, you know, under pressure, a different kind of pressure. I can't even imagine the way he's felt this year with, with what's going on in his personal life um, and what's going on in his business life and what's going on in his football life. Um, but yet here he is, 16-3, big comeback, hitting a bunch of throws. I mean, that was a magical sequence. Um, and it probably should have never happened. Let's talk about it from the Saints' end. You know, before the Saints blew their lead, Bo, I mm-hmm. mean, you know, and when I'm, what I mean by that is before the last two drives, the last sequence of the game, Olave dropped the ball in field goal range in the first yeah. half. They're, they're up 7-3. They can go up 10-3 at the very least. Okay, maybe 14-3 if they keep the drive going. Landry drops a touchdown that he tries to one-hand at the end of the first half. They, uh, they end up kicking to go up 10-3. So that's at least 10 points off the board. Landry drops that ball on the one-yard line. Okay, so they don't put the Bucks away um, as they have in the past in some of these games. And then, you know, late in the game, 12 men in the huddle, third and two in the red zone, low red. Um, they incur a penalty, and they have to kick and go up 13-3. to three. So there's right. all these issues for the Saints, um, and that just sets the table for what we saw late. You know, the, a lot of people are pointing to the Mark Ingram play, and I think that, I think that they're right in doing that. And I'm kind of torn on this, Bo. You know the play I'm talking about. It's second and seven or whatever it is. They have a chance. They're at midfield. They have a chance to ice this game. And Ingram is hurt. He comes back in the game. They throw the ball to him in the flats. He's running towards the sticks. He can easily get that first down, but he steps out of bound. He hits his knee. Uh, He's obviously hurt, and people are saying, well, why doesn't Dennis Allen put Alvin Kamara in the ball game, right? Because he's healthy enough to pick up the first down. And that may be true, but Mark Ingram also has got to pick up that first down. I know he might be banged up, and I know I'm a player, and I've been hurt before, and I've played hurt before, but if you're out there, you have to you have to take that extra step and pick up that first down, and he knows that. He would be the first to tell you that, and he was the first to tell you that because he apologized today for it, and he said, I got to pick up that first down, no excuses, the whole thing. So I feel bad for him for being in that ball game, but people don't know the way the NFL works. Is like Mark Ingram could have said, hey, I'm good enough to play. Get me back out there. Yeah. We don't know. Hey, Kamara yeah, that's could, that's could likely what a, happened, though. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's a competitor. He wants to be in there. He wants to be in there in critical moments, and he was. And unfortunately, he came up just literally one yard short, you know, while being banged up. But I think it's, you know, it's good of him to kind of take accountability of that. You know, that's kind of what you want to see in a teammate. But the bottom line is definitely came up short, and then it was a fucking critical play. And they have a chance to go up, you know, uh, they, people are questioning the decision to, to go up 16-3 to three instead of going for it. And and I think mm-hmm. that's that's a that's a fair question, um, you know. I, they they don't do that. Um, the Ingram stepping out of bounds, all the things I mentioned earlier. Um, not to mention they throw on third and one after that Ingram play. Um, you know the Saints are this close to winning this game, and being what five and eight would they have been? And not to mention I have the Saints over win total smaller than the Bucks, but still, um, you look at their schedule after this game. They get the Falcons at home, then they're at the Browns. Deshaun Watson can't throw a ball. He's got massage oil all over his hands. The Falcons have been losing games. Then they've got the Eagles, and I don't know, maybe the Eagles win on Christmas Day and they're resting starters week 17. 
know, it's not out of the yeah. question mathematically that could be happening. Um, and then they finished the year. I forget who they finished the year with. Um, but Panthers. Tad, the Panthers. So, you know, like, it wasn't out of the question. And the Saints, man, you look back at them this year, whether it was the Arizona game where they throw three picks and uh, a couple of them go for pick sixes, I think, uh, you know, or it's it's games where they're winnable games and the offense can't get going. They, they, they were so close to being a much better team than the Bucks, honestly. Uh, and the thing that's held them back has been quarterback play at times and health and that sort of thing. But the guy, you know, who I should know not to bet in prime time, Andy Dalton, actually played pretty decently last night. And Tom Brady just wouldn't let prime time Andy Dalton have this one, as Reed put it. He just wouldn't let him have it. So this was Six of uh, twenty-one in primetime games. Yep. Andy Dalton is. Yep. So I feel bad for him there, and then I feel even worse for the Saints because you're this close to having a reason to fight the rest of the season. And they're not mathematically out of it, but they're kind of out of it. You look at the Bucks' schedule, they can pick up some wins. Now, the Bucks do go to San Francisco this week, and that should be interesting. The total's 37. So you see there's not going to be a lot of scoring there. Um, but but the, the, the Saints were you know three minutes away from being in it the rest of the season, maybe saving Dennis Allen's job. You never know. Um, but now you're looking at the Eagles having your pick in the top five and you're probably going to squander a chance to win a bad division. So the Saints have got to be just disgusted. Yeah. Another thing, Chris, I mean, you mentioned it, but I think penalties have been a pretty big issue for the Saints this year. And I think they had six for, you know, 80 or 90 yards last night. But critical moments for them last night. It was, I mean, it was, I don't know, a couple other things that kind of stood out for me the game from the game. We talked about how bad the Bucks O-line has been and kind of the only guy that's been healthy um, for them this year is Donovan Smith, and he almost fucking blew it he for them in the, the final game. moments of the game. You know, he's been one of the more penalized offensive linemen um, in the last couple of years with holding calls. I think he's really missing um, Ali Marpet, who's a really, really steady kind of influence on that um, Bucks offensive line, but... Uh, you know, I thought, you know, Cowboy, you mentioned to me off off air that the uh, the Saints had like 21 pressures or something like that, but only one sack. And, um, the, you know, Tom did a pretty good job, job of getting the ball out and, you know, not taking sacks and stuff like that. Um, but that was, you know, almost disastrous at the end of the game there for Donovan. No question. And Donovan had that hook. And when they threw the flag, I was yeah. like, don't let this be ticky-tack. Don't let the the refs take over this game but it was absolutely a hook and Davenport beat him inside um mm-hmm. you know I, I think DeMario Davis deserves a lot of credit I know Richard White uh beat him for that touchdown late but this guy was all over the field he had a pick when he was he was top down tackling the whole night um you know when Pete it's amazing DeMario Davis is one of the few linebackers left that I'm like this guy could play in the 90s I feel like he's yeah. a really big guy he tackles so sure you know, he makes first contact and the guy goes down. Like that's that's Demario Davis. And I mean, he he does move so well in space for a bigger guy too. He's like a thumper kind of yep. in like you know stature, but he also moves so well in space. And that, I mean, that's a tough play for him at the end of the game. And you know, he's not feeling great about that. No, he's not. And they were on the field a lot. That defense was on the, yeah. the field a lot late. And this is. Especially um, in the, end of the game, yeah. you know, and and when you look at Brady and Bowles, and maybe Bowles, I mean, like I don't know that Bowles' job is safe, but 
you know, it's it's on life support, and they extended another week, right? Because there were people talking about Bruce Arians as they cut away to the booth up there, the the box, and said like, "Is I making text me last night was like, is Arians announced the head coach tomorrow?" Um, you know, Todd Bowles, who made mistakes in in the Browns game, we talked about the timeouts, but we you know they punt they punted in enemy territory every game so far this year. Um, and you know, like people are talking about the fourth and ten backed up, and Tom Brady getting overruled. And as I'm watching that, I'm thinking to myself, like, this is going to be, this has got first take written all over it for ten days, yeah. right? You know, Stephen A. Smith has to be bummed that this game ended the way it did. Um, but you know, that was a surreal kind of sequence there, where Brady's trying to stay on the field, Cam Jordan gets hurt or faked an injury. I don't know which one, um, and that actually ended up being the thing that that allowed them to take a beat. And, and overruled Tom on this thing. Maybe they would have called a timeout and got him off the field, but that was almost very awkward. And yeah. I do think there's probably tension between Brady and Leftwich and tension between Brady and Bulls. Like, that's not hard to see. Even the hugs after the game, you know, they're kind of these yeah. one arm hugs, you know? Like, you can't. I, this, <laughs> not a full body. This, not a full body hug. Yeah. You know? And these, this is the game that I wish they would have gone split screen. And just kept the the video on on Brady on the sideline and Bowles and Leftwich on the sideline. Like, I want that tape. I want I want a lip reader to, to you know like I'm watching Brady and Leftwich hug at the end of the game and I'm running it back seven times to try to read Leftwich's lips, um, so I can see you know what's being said between these two guys. So that would be a fly on the wall for me is like trying to figure out where these guys are, where the tension is, um, because there is tension now at the end of this game. Tom Brady said it. He goes, Todd Bowles is right. You know, yeah, we, we, I saw that too. We yeah. punted the ball away, and it worked out for us. And a lot of it was that defense, and it's things like breaking, taking the ball off of Taysom Hill on third and seventeen. That was huge. And that I'm was not, a huge player. It was yeah, a huge, huge hit. You know, yeah. um, Neil, who blew, I think, let Taysom Hill uh, walk into the end zone earlier in the game um, on a coverage breakdown. You, these guys taking that ball off of him, not getting the penalty, that was huge. Um, you know, a lot of things had to go right. The Paulson P.I. on Evans, which was, was huge. They manned up there. I don't know why they did that. And the, the, the Bucks are really efficient, no-huddle team. If you look at a graph, and I saw one last night, um, you know, it, it, it lays that exactly out. Like, the Bucks are one of the best three two-minute teams excluding garbage time in the league. And so it, it begs the question, you know, why don't they spread it out more? Because the run game's not working. The, the, the first down run game is not working. I'm, you know, the, the entire first half is just first down run, first down run, first down run, and they end up behind the sticks. And I know that you want to play, you know, keep away a little bit, but you got a defense that can produce some three and outs. I don't hate spreading it out and starting to just dink and dunk. You know, I they don't have a bunch of explosive plays. All their drives are really long, which makes it harder and harder. They're not great in the red zone. Take some shots. You know, like yeah, yeah. Well, they, I think they did take some shots. You saw Tom getting frustrated. I don't think he did a great job of connecting with Mike Evans. Um, you know, you saw when he missed Julio Jones, um, and Mike Evans is open on the other side of the field. And you know, I actually talked to Ryan Griffin a little bit. One of my buddies is a backup quarterback. Uh, for the Bucks, and he said they were really trying to get Mike the ball, and it just kind of didn't really unfold that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Their run game is not working at all. And you saw, they, I think they probably likely had a game plan of trying to get the Saints into eleven personnel, and 
uh, run the ball with them, you know, especially early in the game, like you said, when they opened up with those first down runs, like that's obviously scripted stuff, yeah. you know, so they wanted to do that during the week. And it just, you just kind of wonder exactly what you're saying. Like they're having all their success offensively in two minute with Tom just running that offense. And so why not go to that more? Um, it seems like an easy solution that is just kind of not happening. And maybe, again, you don't want your 50 year old quarterback throwing the ball 60 times a game with a banged up O line, but you know, just go hurry up and get the ball out fast and spread the ball around like they did at the end of the game, and you think they'd have more success with that. No question. I mean, and right now it's it's one of those things. I'm not saying it necessarily worked, but this is not working. Scoring 17 points a game, if you're serious about winning a playoff game, if you're serious about getting there, you know, even with the lead you have, I mean, I, I, w- I, would, I would make adjustments offensively and um, – you know, I, Brady. I will say this: you, you, you alluded to it. I don't want to get through this whole breakdown without saying he played poorly for most of this yeah. game. You he know, was missing tight ends a little bit too at the end. Uh, you know, the rookies, Kokeft uh, and Kate Otten. I mean, Kate had a nice touchdown. You know, right before the you know on the second to last drive, but um, I think he missed Kate a couple times, and it just just felt like he was frustrated and um you know you see i kind of live for some of the brady meltdowns you know what i mean mm-hmm. like whether it's yelling at the offensive line or the sideline or throwing his helmet or a you know an ipad or a surface or whatever but you can tell that there's a lot of frustration there offensively um and you know got to get that short up a little bit because they're going into a good good 49ers defense yeah and I last mean. night i texted you any fomo you know, because you're a big FOMO guy and you did play big for the Bucks FOMO and guy. you live in in Tampa and you're around the guys all the time. And I was like, you definitely might have some FOMO. But the thing is, you know, you go into that facility tomorrow morning and the problems are still there. Like, right. they're, they're still, yeah. like, three I mean, minutes. A win washes away a lot of that yep. stuff. Yep. But, you know, come, you know, there's going to be some, some tight, tight assholes, man. Here. This is a, this <laughs> is a tight asshole epicenter, whether they won this game or, or lost this game. And, uh, it's just, it's just, it's, it's easy to think, you know, Hey, great three minutes of football there at the end, but the 57 yeah. minutes that preceded that are still on tape and well, a lot to clean. They up, had a lot know. to clean up. They had penalties, they had fumbles, they had, you know, drops, they had overthrows. Minus two in the turnover margin, too, you know, with the uh, fumble. Like, it's, it's hard to win games 17 points when you're minus two. That's not going to happen. Well, they take the ball right down the field to start the game. And I'm thinking, oh, shit, because I got the Saints. And I'm like, damn, like, they're, they're, they're cooking a little bit. Even though they were running the ball and that sort of thing, like, they were doing it their way, and it was scripted, and it was working out. And maybe, you know, devil's advocate is the, the, they should have six there. Uh, second down. Yeah. They throw a screen out to the perimeter, and Julio Jones and the tight end are blocking the same guy. Yeah, you know, exactly. so like this—that's like Chris Godwin had some space on that, and just ran right in the back of Julio Jones, and it's like it's shit like that where it's just those small, small errors, and you're like, you know, that's the difference between scoring thirty points a game. And and like, as we sit here and criticize coaching and game planning, like there you go, first play, first fifteen should result in a touchdown against a good defense, but guys are not blocking the right people, and, you know, mental errors will kill you. So they've been tough in the red zone all year, and and, and, and that trend continued there early in the game. And, and uh, yeah, they ended up where they ended up, and they had to they had to fight through it. So, if you um, want a butterfly effect, maybe something that's going to be weighing on Tom's mind next week, what if he had stayed retired this year, stayed off the field, and then he sees what's happened in San Francisco. And yeah. San Francisco calls him yeah. this week 
says, hey, come be our quarterback. Somebody and then ju- he fulfills the San Francisco prophecy, <laughs> plays Tampa Bay yeah. in his first game, maybe takes him to another Super Bowl. Some kind of uh, alternate reality out there, Cowboy. That's probably happening. Some you know? people, some people uh, were joking last night that he should ask for his release. I mean, this was before the end of that game. You know, like Baker Mayfield asked for his release, um, and and he can end up in San Francisco. Now, I don't. I I still love the the New England reunion thing. Yeah, uh, I love it. Now you're hearing people say it, you know, out loud. I heard Mike Tannenbaum say it this morning on um, Get Up. I, I think that's a distinct possibility. But no matter what, you'll look back at this chapter, and Tom Brady got a ring out of it. Who knows what happens this year? Um, yeah, I, I, they're not going to win a Super Bowl, but uh, he can be proud of holding his head high and and answering the questions every week. I mean, I think – there are two goats that are struggling in our game right now. One's Tom Brady, one's Aaron Rodgers. And I'm not throwing stones at Aaron Rodgers, but the way that Tom Brady answers questions after the game, you know, the the accountability, the, hey, I, I was missing throws today. Now, maybe he doesn't say that as, as easily if they lose that game and it's easier to say in a win, but he's been accountable all year, um, you know, for a guy that people say has like a lot of sideline outbursts and that sort of thing. When the chips are down, you learn a lot about people, and I, I really do believe – that uh, he's shown himself pretty well this year. And, uh, yeah, and to his credit also, a lot of his frustrations, I mean, I think the majority of them are directed internally mm-hmm. or, you know, like when he's kind of upset and throwing his helmet and whatnot. I mean, outside of him yelling at the offensive line that we've seen early in the year and shit like that, like I think he's really the hardest on himself and, you know, accountability is an important, important part of that. No question, no question. So the Bucks win, they're in it. They're uh, probably a playoff team. That's a playoff team. We saw a playoff team last night. We, yeah, um, maybe two, yeah. <laughs> maybe two of them. I saw the graphic of uh, you know teams sniffing around, and they had the Saints on there, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, they're um, sniffing around, all right. Real quick, Chris, I want to mention a couple players and players that we kind of hadn't brought up yet. I continue to think Levante David is one of the most underrated um, linebackers in the history of the NFL. Um, probably one of the more underrated defenders right now. I mean, he, I don't think he gets enough credit for just being a, you know, a silent leader that plays so consistently. He had 12 tackles last night, a sack, and two TFLs, and he's really the, you know, heart of heart of that Bucks defense. And the Bucks defense has played really well um, this year at times. And you got to think they're frustrated not having more wins with, you know, how few points they've given up. Um, so I want to give him a shout out, and then. Demario Davis, we talked about a little bit. He had that pick. Um, I think he's, you know, a little bit along the same lines of what I just said about uh, LD, just very underrated. But another one that stood out to me is Cameron Jordan on that, you know, strip sack, like Hustle. year 12, to, yeah, to chase the guy down from behind and have the wherewithal to go for the ball. Um, I thought that was a pretty cool play. You know, I love the way Cam Jordan plays. And, you know, the Bucks patchwork offensive line, Josh Wells filling in at right tackle for Tristan Wirfs. I thought they actually did a pretty good job of, um, you know, not, you know, keeping Brady clean for the most part. Um, Cam Jordan's a great player, and that was, that was a great play. And then another guy I want to give a shout-out to is Carl Nassib. Carl had a great uh, – he had a great, you know, uh, tip on that screen that, you know, kept six points off of the – um, off the scoreboard, and then a huge, huge sack right before that um, Keanu Neal breakup on. Uh, that's what allowed Jason them to Hill. break that pass up. I mean, that's third and manageable yeah. um, or worse. Yeah, 
really nice feel on that sack to kind of come outside the tight end and then, um, you know, get Andy Dalton down. So uh, just a couple defensive, um, you know, players and plays that I want to mention a little bit too that came up big in that game. If you're here in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. Sign up today to receive this special offer. New users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $25, get $50 in free bets. WinBet is basically giving you free money. Don't turn that down. Don't pass that up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. I recently received my Helix mattress, and I'm obsessed with it. Helix Sleep provides tailored mattresses based on your unique sleep preferences. The Helix lineup includes 14 unique mattresses, including a collection of luxury models, a mattress for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's what I like to do. That's why they offer a 100-night risk-free trial. I took the Helix sleep quiz and I was matched with the Helix Midnight Mattress. My Helix mattress is a huge upgrade over what I used to have. The mattress is soft but still supportive and I'm falling asleep right away. Don't want to take my word for it? Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. And if you decide it's not the best fit, you're welcome to return for a full refund. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Helix also supports military, first responders, teachers, and students by giving them a special discount on site. So go to helixsleep.com slash greenlight. With Helix, better sleep starts now. We can get maybe get a surprise cameo on the pod if we want here. There he is. Let me see that long arm. Take, take the daddy chair. Can I? Yes. Yeah. The hero, Carl Nassib. I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah, I can hear it. Hopping in the chair. I've actually never sat in this chair. What up, big dog? Damn, this is a great camera. I look great. <laughs> hey, dude. Hey, great plays last night. I appreciate it. Dude, I saw a replay of it, and I look like a combination of Bobby Boucher and Mo and Moe's from The Office coming around the corner. Like, you ever seen when yeah. Moe's is running through the fields? That's what I looked like. And I was like, "Damn, I've uh, I look I've looked less athletic, but not much less athletic than that." Yeah, good. Nah, yeah, it was good. It. Nobody was watching that game at the end. They thought you guys were dead, so most people were asleep. Not me though. Not, Absolutely. Not me though. How uh, did you were doing your homework? What was that like, man? Watching Tom engineer that that comeback? Are y'all? What are y'all doing on the bench? Are you just are, is the belief high? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
it was a, uh, it was, we were on the field a lot and like th throughout most of the game. And we just kept saying, you gotta love being on the field. Gotta love being on the field. And then, uh, it just took, took a while to get going. And he, can I curse on yeah. this? Fuck yeah. Oh, okay. I, uh, I get, I curse too much and I get it. I don't know. I sound stupid sometimes. So, um, you should hear Bo. Yeah, no, he, he crushed it. And, uh, it's electric watching the, uh, the goat, uh, no, do his thing. Uh, he keeps doing that. Yeah. Keeps doing. It. It's awesome. <laughs> he does just keep doing it. Yeah. Um. I was like, Rashard White. What do you think about Rashard White? Because he caught that game winner, and I was watching him and Tom on the sideline. It was just so cool to see. You know, it, it felt like this was a big moment for him, and uh, and for Tom, like he pulled him in, and I don't know what he said to him, but they had a nice little moment. Um, pretty cool. Tom's like forty-five. Rashard's a damn rookie. And Richard can always say I caught a big touchdown pass from Tom Brady before he dipped out of the league. What do you think about Richard White, man? What does he add to that team? Yeah, he's also electric. He uh, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of energy. He does does his job well, um, and I'm happy for him and happy for the offense that we got that win. It was a huge win. I mean that that was a tipping point, like one of the tipping points in the season. So I'm, I'm glad we were pulled that off. Um, it was funny. I was I was like talking to to Rashad on the sidelines, and I was like, Are "You about to go in?" He goes, "I'm just waiting." And then I like, turned my back, and they called him in, and mm -hmm. I was, and then he called the touchdown. So I was like, "Damn, I was uh, it's pretty dope. It was awesome." What a roller coaster! You, you get the Donovan Smith hold, and you're like, "Oh fuck!" And then uh, you go right back. That was a bullshit call. Yeah, it's such bullshit. What was going on? What was? I don't know how they made that call. I thought it was, was a hold, Carl. I think you need to look again, dude. I know no, you're a no. D lineman, Penn dude. State, Penn State people don't hold, man. That's some bullshit. <laughs> okay. No. And then, Absolutely. and then, lastly, fourth and ten on the sideline. What's going on? Is it just chaos? Like Tom's trying to stay on the field. They're trying to get him off the field. What's what's? Going I don't know. I'm a, I'm employee number ninety four. I just go out <laughs> okay. there. And I do my job and try not to get yelled at That's or try good. not to yell at yell at anybody too much. That's I, really I, I good. Get, and get fired. Yeah, and keep my That's job. Not going too well. No. All I do is yell at people. Yeah. I, I gotta. I gotta stop. Yeah. I gotta stop well, it. Carl yeah. Nassib, it's really good to get the hero of the game on as, as as a cameo. Yeah, you were one of the damn heroes of the game, Carl. Let's go. Appreciate. Thank it. you, brother. Yeah, I look like uh, who's the chick from Star Wars? The Princess Leia. Leia? Yeah. <laughs> Looks like a lot of people. Looks like Mo running through the field. It looks like Bobby Boucher. Bobby Boucher. Carl, I thought you looked fast, man, and athletic. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And he plays with a certain rage that I think you play with, too. Yep. Yep. Carl played with a little more rage when he was in the closet, though. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on that note, I'm going to go and let you guys talk it out. <laughs> uh cool yeah always fun been trying to <laughs> yeah uh hang out with carl a lot good buddy of mine from when we were in uh tampa together and gonna hopefully get him on the pod here yeah he's we gotta get carl really... in for for 60 minutes one of these days. yeah he's don't want to make sure i mention some of the really good charity stuff he's doing he's got a company called raise that he's pretty much on the phone for 24 7 um but doing a lot of good stuff starting that up and uh, a lot of good charity work and he played a really good game last night good buddy of mine so i want to give him a give him some mic time maybe here maybe he can help me with pod. my financial literacy One yeah of i think days. that'd be good you need it man i do all these appearances and stuff yep. you can get some compounding interest off that yeah Chris. sure sure 
All right, Bo. Cool. Take care. Appreciate you. Have fun with Ursula, sh- and I'll see you later this sure week, will. Chris. Oh uh, yeah, I'll see you later. Let's, get, let's do some prehydration. I do need you know? to do some prehydration. I got to get a flu some, shot this week. Let's do some cold showers and shit, and get ready to go. I got to get a flu shot to get ready for Philly. So, take care. Cool.